my sweet friends. I feel so fortunate that you're joining me for season two of the Failing Awesomely podcast. My hope is that you can find encouragement while listening to my personal stories of overcoming life's obstacles, whether you're chasing big dreams or just trying to make it through the day as a mama of little ones. I'm excited to bring my friends along to inspire you with their stories as well. Let's empower one another to stop selling ourselves short, stop the negative self-talk, and focus on what makes us awesome, because we all are. We are all fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God, and it's time we start believing that. Sweet friends, welcome back to the Failing Awesomely podcast. I am your host, Lindsay Garcia. I'm so grateful you're here to listen to this incredible conversation with my new friend, Deb Podlogger. She is at mocktail.mom on Instagram. And like me, Deb has been on her sobriety journey since December of 2020. And ever since, she has a mission to encourage the sober curious and help people discover the fun of alcohol-free drinks and mocktails. She has a live show on Instagram called Making Friends and Mocktails every Monday night at 9 p.m. Deb talks to us here today about her story of her slow, unhealthy relationship with alcohol and when she realized it was time to put it down. In our conversation, Deb said she thought to herself, every day is such a gift. Why am I wasting this? Not only was I drowning out pain in my life, I was drowning out the joy. I was numbing everything. Friends, if you are listening to this episode because you're even the tiniest bit evaluating your relationship with alcohol, this episode is for you. Deb is a beautiful, bright soul. She doesn't have some big, crazy story of how alcohol has affected her life. She didn't hit rock bottom. It was a very slow progression. And I think that that is a lot of our relationship with alcohol. Like I, it was kind of like that for me as well. Like that's kind of my story. But so many people, every time I post anything about becoming sober, I always get a ton of messages And it's mostly from people who are just in a curious state. They're evaluating their drinking and wondering, am I drinking too much? You know, I I don't know. I mean, I really want a glass of wine when I've had a hard day. Sometimes that ends up being three glasses of wine or a bottle in a night. And so I'm trying to wonder if I do have a problem or if it's normal. Anyway, like I said, I feel like this conversation is really the conversation for you if that's where you're at. If you're kind of teetering on, I'm not really sure. It's not like I get drunk every night or even that I drink necessarily every night, but I feel like it's increased. This is such a great episode, and I really hope that you get something out of it. Like I said, Deb is a beautiful, bright soul who is a wife and a mom to two girls She is also a breast cancer survivor of almost five years. So you know, I just am so thankful to have this woman in my life. Honestly, 
I could go on and on and on with this introduction, but I'm going to let you enjoy this episode. Please welcome Mocktail Mom, Deb Podlogger, to the show. Say what you want, all I hear is Deb, thank you so much for coming on my show. I so appreciate it. Guys, tonight we have Deb Podlogger. I'm so, so excited to talk with you, Deb. We chatted already. I did one of your lives on Instagram, and we're going to get into that a little bit. I want to talk about what you do every Monday night. Um, but Deb and I met through Instagram and we found each other through another sobriety account. And I've got to say when we found each other, I was so excited because you are the best account to follow for mocktail recipes and all kinds of alcohol-free recommendations. I just, I love, like I will, if I'm thinking like, man, I want to buy, I want to try something else. I will literally search your name on Instagram and I'll search through all the stuff that you have recommended. Thank you so, so much. Oh my yes. Gosh. So Thank if you. anybody, I'm so glad. yes, if anybody is listening to this and you're, you are sober yourself or you're sober curious, definitely. I will link Deb's um, Instagram handle in the show notes, but it's at mocktail.mom. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. At mocktail.mom. Yeah. There's a little period in the middle there. Yep. Easy, easy. So yep. Monday, Monday nights, Deb, and what other night do you do a live I don't have any, I usually do lives throughout like, not, I shouldn't say that. I usually do like, um, recorded I'll record myself and then they go, I post them as IGTVs. Um, but I do a live every Monday night, 9 PM Eastern time. And I call it making friends and mocktails. And I invite somebody on that. I, I literally just know from Instagram I've made, I think we're on week. We just finished week seven. Um, and so every Monday night I've had a new guest on somebody that I don't know, but I just want to basically make friends and we make a mocktail together. We have a recipe and it's been so much fun because other people, you know, people who follow my page or whatever will make the recipe along with us as we're chatting, they'll post pictures of it later. I mean, it's been this fun, fun, making friends mocktail community that is just growing into. It's been so much fun. So that's Monday nights in my kitchen. But other times it's just random whenever I have time to post content in the middle of being a mom and yes <laughs> and life. <laughs> I I love it. And they it was so much fun being on. But then I I love I I've gone back and watched the previous ones and I tuned in this last um Monday. Well I had I just missed it. I think I caught the tail end of it and then I had to rewatch. But oh um, thank you for I just, tuning in. Absolutely. It is so much fun. You feel like lives are so fun because you feel like you're hanging out with everybody. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I try so to keep cool. them like 30 minutes, you know, just like, you know, not super long, but just, just a, enough time to get to know somebody, have some fun and just build community and show people that it is so you, you can have so much fun and be sober or be sober minded or be sober curious. Like you don't have to have alcohol to have a wonderful, awesome time. So been great, but you were, you were an amazing guest. Seriously. (laughs) We're going to do an encore with you for sure this year. I mean, it was a special night when I had you on. It really was. So Deb, anytime, any place. Okay. I got you. I'm your girl. (laughs) You're awesome. You're awesome. (laughs) Well, Deb, you and I, we're going to get into this a little bit later, but I do want to touch on shortly upon following you and seeing your page and getting to chat with you. 
I learned that we connect on another level as well, because we are both breast cancer survivors and you you're coming up on being five years, right? I am September 15th. Um, will be five years since I was diagnosed. It was on my daughter's ninth birthday. So she is going to be 14 on September 15th. Yeah. 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 So it's now it's a great celebration. Yeah. It's it's not only her birthday, but you know, knowing celebration of life for sure. Yeah. 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 Life didn't, didn't stop. Yeah. So it was wonderful to connect with you. Yes. On that. Yes. Absolutely. And I can't wait to hear that story as well. But first I want to know what your relationship with alcohol was like prior to becoming sober. I did not grow up in a house that my parents didn't drink very much. I mean, I should say really, they didn't really drink at all, probably until I was an adult. Then my mom started drinking wine. My dad really never drank. Um, I wasn't a drinker in high school. I wasn't a drinker in college. Um, got married, had kids, you know, two girls. And, um, then a lot of really hard things happened. Um, I got divorced. Um, that was very, very, very difficult. Um, before that, my older daughter who's now 19 and is very, very healthy. Now she was very sick, um, Mm -hmm. with aplastic anemia. So I spent like 160 nights in the hospital with her. Um, and I think I don't, it wasn't, I think the aftermath of those two huge events just kind of like how, like, I remember having, having wine and it took that edge off Mm -hmm. and that was in my early forties. So I'm about to turn 50, October, I'll be 50 and it just took the edge off. And then like my girls would go to their dads for the weekend and it took the edge off of feeling lonely. It, it, it helped me a quote unquote escape, you know, I mean, it, it did, it just, I was numbing out from the pain of a failed marriage. I grew up in a house where, you know, divorce was not an option. I did not grow up thinking this would ever be my life, you know, that I would be, um, that I would be sitting there as a single mom. So wine and I was in a new city. We had just moved here four months before. Um, oh, wow. so it was an, I was in a new place. I didn't know anybody. And so Chardonnay kind of became my companion, became my BFF. And it started, I, I mean, I guess innocently, you know what I mean? It's just like the mommy wine culture and, oh, have some wine and, oh, you're going through so much and, you know, have some wine. And then it just, it just kept, it just kept growing. It kept going and kept going. And it was like, then it wasn't just one glass. It was two glass. It was three glass. Oh my gosh, I finished a bottle and, you know, now we're opening up a second one. And it's like, what am I doing? Yeah. So that was kind of the start of the relationship with alcohol. Um, and then, yeah, just, it just was too much it was not sustainable. And I was like, okay, I don't think I'm an alcoholic, but I know I do not like how I feel. I know I don't like my relationship with alcohol, but I don't feel like I, I mean, I, I would take a break every once in a while. Like I would do like a 30 day, you know, healthy living program and not eat gluten and not drink wine, you know, not drink alcohol. So I could do it. It wasn't like I couldn't, but then once I would start again, it was like, well, I'm back and we're back. It was like same channel, same station, you know, it was just turned up a little louder now, you know, <laughs> just oh. every time it got, every time it got a little louder. 100% and, relate to that. Yes. It's just like, oh, you know, so uh, at the end, towards the end of the pan, well, when the pandemic started, pandemic started, I, um, 
and I'd gone through a ton of stuff between, between my divorce and my daughter being sick, a lot of other things that happened. But um, once the pandemic came, I remember just being like, like in my mind thinking like, I don't care if we have Clorox wipes. I don't care if we have toilet paper. All I know is I have to have wine in this house. Like I have to have wine here. The only way I'm going to get through this is with wine. And you know, what a lie, you know, yeah. what a lie that is, you know, what a lie. But um, at the end of the, at the end of 2020 was when I was like, I can't, I cannot do this anymore. I cannot live like this. I have too much to live for, you know? I mean, I have too, so much. I'm grateful for so much. I have such a great life. You know, I have a daughter who's healthy. I'm healthy after breast cancer. You know, I have a daughter who's adopted from China. She's a walking miracle. Like, I feel like I have two miracle girls. What am I doing? Yeah. Drowning myself. Cause not only was I drowning out pain in my life, I was drowning out the joy. I was numbing everything. You know, it was like, which alcohol does. And I didn't yes. even, I didn't even realize that. I just thought I was numbing the pain and I was numbing the joy. And I, I can't tell you how, how, how much happier I am. You know, I have so much less anxiety this year. I'm, so I'm coming up on seven months without alcohol, without wine. So December 31st, 2020 was my first day alcohol free. And I feel, I feel free. That is, that's the word. It's free. I feel authentically free. That's amazing. So, did anything specific make you decide it on that day or mm. was, or was it just that happened to be the day and it was kind of a slow progression towards that day? I think it was a slow progression. I started following some sober curious people on Instagram. Um, one lady that I follow, she's just a mom. She's got two boys, I think two boys in, um, in England. I mean, literally just like a, like a, just a normal mom. And she would post about how she was getting her steps in that day. And she was feeling so good. And she'd broken up with alcohol. She's a single mom. And I was like, wow, look at her just like living her life and living it kind of out loud, sharing her journey, you know? Um, so I started following her. And I think because I started following some other sober curious people, then I started seeing ads for sober sis, which was the program that I signed up to do starting January 1st. So, um, I definitely felt like, okay, in 2021, I'm going to turn 50 and I do not want to show up at 50. Like I did at 40. Like I do not want to be coming out. I, I want to be awake and alive and present in my life, you know, yes. every day. And I truly do feel this. And I, every day is such a gift. Like it's such a gift. And why am I wasting this? Yes. I have no energy, you know, every day it's the repeat <laughs> detox, retox, detox, retox. I'm like, what am yep. I doing? It's insanity, <laughs> yeah. insanity. Oh, so. I, I 100% feel you and remember that. And, um, and that's awesome. So you found sober sis and did that program. Can you tell us a little bit about the program? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So sober sis, she's actually, she was, she just turned 50. So we're the same age and I both Aww. graduates of ninth class of 89. So <laughs> I could be, I could have been your babysitter, probably Lindsay, <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, she, I just connected with her. Like I watched a video of her and I did a free download of like a PDF that she offers, but she offers it's $97. It's a 21 day reset, a 21 day challenge just to evaluate your relationship with alcohol. I number one, didn't even think I would make it through that first weekend. I thought there's, I didn't tell anybody. Cause I thought there's no way I'm going to be successful at this. So I don't want to tell anybody. Cause I don't want them to be like, see, we knew, we knew she was going to go back to her wine. So I didn't tell anybody. I didn't even tell my husband. I didn't tell anybody. 
I was just like secretly like not drinking wine anymore. <laughs> um, so it's called 21 day reset. It's, it's 97 bucks. And then you're in the tribe. She's got like a private group that you're a part of. There's, I mean, there's thousands. I think there's like 15,000 women in that group, oh which goodness. I was shocked by. Cause I felt so alone. I thought I was the only mom who was, couldn't, couldn't, you know, moderate or, you know, was struggling with moderating. So it was very um, encouraging to feel like, wow, I'm not the only one, I'm not the only one. No, it is definitely mommy wine culture is a culture. Yeah. And yeah. it is for a lot of people, an unhealthy culture. And I think that they don't even realize it because it's so normal. Totally. It's totally. So totally. To be at a soccer game with your white claw or your wine yeah. in your tumbler, you know? Yeah. 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 Not, you know. Some people it would sucks. laugh at it instead of like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe you have a little bit of an issue with alcohol. Maybe, um, yeah, maybe you're depending on this too much. <laughs> yes. So you feel awesome now. So you feel like you are clear-minded. You can, you're not numbing any percent or pain. You're in the moment. You're feeling it, which is so awesome. I'm so excited 100%. about that. How do you feel now? Like, do you, obviously it sounds like at least I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like when you started sober sis, you were sort of just trying to detox for a while and maybe you would go back to it. But now that you're almost seven months sober, how do you feel about that now? So, oh, so funny. Okay. Yes. I, I just thought I'll just take a little break. I just want to evaluate my relationship with alcohol, you know, learn some tips on how to moderate. That was kind of my plan. And as I got, you know, further into the 21, at the end of the 21 days, all I was think, feeling was like, how can I stay tethered in? Like I'm on, I'm doing like, I'm, I'm doing so great on this track. I don't want to get off this track. I feel so good. Wasn't waking up at three in the morning with a dry mouth and, you know, dizzy. And I just was feeling great waking up with energy. Yes. So, yeah. So it was like, okay, how can I stay tethered in? How can I stay connected and keep learning and keep growing? And so she has something, then it's a, is it, it's a 10 week program after that. If you graduate 21 day reset program, you get to do a 10 week program. Um, and it's called alcohol free lifestyle. And it's just wow. kind of walking out, you know, more sober curiosity. It's not saying never, it's not saying I will never, ever have a drink again. I don't even say that now. I just feel like I feel great. You know, yes. like the wine will always be there. It's always going to be there. I can always have a drink, but for right now, I feel great. I don't, I don't want to, I don't need, I don't think I ever will, but I'm not going to say never, you know, then it feels too, it feels too like, I don't know. I think when we put all those rules and labels, then it's like, you want to break them. That's our nature, right? It's like, that's so true. That's such you a know? Good point. Yes. No, so I think I, there should just be freedom you. in it. You know, like it's, it's not tying me down, but it's, I'm free. I'm free to have it or free to not. And I'm choosing right now not to. <laughs> there is, there is a lot of freedom in not. And I, I do think that if you can get to a point where, the occasional drink in moderation at any point in your life, if you would be able to successfully get there and at least now know the signs of, okay, I know I'm, I might be headed towards a little bit of a dangerous, slippery slope. Yep. Then you have the tools to totally step back. Totally. Um, I think that's almost still it. I, I love hearing just this confidence in your voice of the, the freedom that you truly feel, because I do feel 
a lot of freedom, but personally there is a fear in Mm -hmm. the possibility of alcohol ever being in my life again. Mm-hmm. Not because I think that I would go off the deep end. I mean, I know too much now, you know, like I feel right, like, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know too much. Yep. I feel That's like exactly I know, right. I, I know too much now to ever go back there, Yeah, but yeah. I would wonder, like I'm feeling so amazing. And I wonder if I would ever have a glass of wine again or a champagne toast at a wedding. Right. Right. Exactly. Else. Exactly. Would that be enough for me? Or mm-hmm. would, I don't know. I don't know what would happen. Yeah, so it's, yeah, you know, it's yeah, just something yeah. that when I think yep. about it, I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't know if I should ever go there again, but yeah, I think, yeah. I think to each their own, you know, and totally. I love, I totally. love that you're talking about it as a complete freedom. Like wine's always going to be there. If I really, really want to have it, I technically can, you know, absolutely. No, nobody is holding me back. Like nobody's tying me back from that. And you're right. When we put a, an exact label on something of like, never. (laughs) And it's like, Oh, we want to, we want to break it. Right. We want to break it. Yeah. We want to break the rules. (laughs) It is try going on a diet. Right. It's like, Oh, I'm just going to break it. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you're, I did. Um, so I, one, one broke one program I did and I actually really, really loved it. I was, Uh it was pretty successful on it. It's called sugar-free three. Um, okay. And, but you are allowed one to two mindful indulgences a week. So, and I did this, I actually did this the month before I got diagnosed with breast cancer. Wow. wow. Um, so my mindful indulgence every week was like one glass of wine. And then I would have like one piece of pizza or one, whatever I, I wanted yeah, it to yeah, be. Something. You know? Yeah. But, and <laughs> for, for the time that I did it, it was fine. Like I could do it, but for the long haul, I'm like, man, I'm only allowed one to two things. <laughs> right. Like, right. You're like, you feel so, restricted. Yes. Right? You, feel, you just yeah. want to break free from this, these restrictions, but totally. Oh Human my goodness. Nature. Yes. But I, I just, I love your mindset, Deb. I love all of oh. that. If you would, yeah. could you tell us a little bit about your breast cancer journey, when and how you found out about it. I know we chatted a little bit about it on our sure. live. So I know some, but for my listeners, yeah. yeah. Um, how did you find yeah. out? So for me, I'm, I'm older than you. So I've been going, getting mammograms. Um, and so and my mammogram, I usually go like right when the girls go back to school, like do my annual exam, just kind of always have that in calendar in, in August, get my annual done. And then I had my um, mammograms and I have dense breasts. And so they, sometimes they'll call me back for, you know, more squeezes, extra squeeze. <laughs> we didn't squeeze enough. Now we need to really make it not just a pancake. We would like to see if we can make you a crepe. <laughs> so I went back to the crepe pressing <laughs> and, um, you know, I just, I didn't feel anything. I had no, I never felt a lump, nothing. So they said, um, we, you know, we see something, um, and we'd like to do a biopsy. So did they schedule Yeah. So they scheduled my biopsy. It wasn't that day. They scheduled my biopsy and, you know, they were like, Oh, 80% of the time it's nothing. You know, they must tell that yeah. to everybody. I mean, 80% of the time it's nothing. And, um, so I went in for the biopsy and, um, 
which I didn't know anything about a breast biopsy. I don't know if they're all this way, but like you literally, you are laying on a table face down and your breast is literally hanging in this little hole. And the doctor's like, like they put the table up and they're, that's where they do the biopsy. It was in my case, because mine was the biopsy area was like in the front part. So I don't know okay. if that's too much information. Sorry nope. for the listeners. No, but I think it's, I didn't know that. I didn't know. Like when you go in for a biopsy, sometimes like you're laying you're, it's just very strange. It's very odd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So the doctor that who was doing the um, biopsy, you know, she said she did the biopsy in two locations and she said, I'm actually concerned about this one area, um, which was kind of the first sign that someone was concerned, even though I was having a biopsy, it was just like, I still had in my head, like 80% of the time it's nothing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, three days later they called me and, um, you know, just said that they had found a DCIS ductal carcinoma mm-hmm. in situation. So it's very early, very early stage. So I feel so fortunate. Like when you look at the mammogram, it looks like snow, like you can barely see anything. Oh, like wow. the fact, it looks like a snowstorm, like on a, you know, weather map or whatever. So it's amazing. It was God's provision that they saw this. Absolutely. Um, so, and then I just decided to do a double mastectomy. That was just my own personal choice. I just was like, I'm good. You can have them both. You know, yes. I don't need either at yes. this point. So, um, I did a double mastectomy, had expanders put in. Um, and then when they take that tissue, they found more actually after that. So, okay. um, that was why I needed chemo. So I did chemo, um, and I w- wore something on my head called Dignacap, okay. which is like where it blows freezing cold air on your head. Certain, it works with certain chemos. And, um, it allowed me to not lose all of my hair. So like, I looked at my hair thinned out. You, if you saw me in a story, you would just thought I had thin hair. You wouldn't know I was going through chemo. Wow. But, um, so yeah, so double mastectomy chemo, I didn't have to have radiation. And then, um, and I finished my reconstruction. So, and that was, everything's been great. I mean, really the drains were probably the worst part. I don't know if you've experienced <laughs> that, but stupid drains. I mean, drains were annoying. I don't think they're the worst. It, yeah. They, it, it really is just a very uncomfortable feeling. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know with your type of chemo, did you get a port? You know, I didn't, I had four treatments. I should have got a port. Okay. Like uh, the nurses were like, why don't you have a port? Cause it busted up my vein. Like my vein is my great vein is now trashed. Oh yeah. This awesome vein. Yeah. How about you? Did you have a port? I did have a port. So I had to have, um, eight rounds of chemo mine actually. So I okay. had three tumors and wow. at the time, nothing looked like it had traveled to my lymph nodes, but they found some cells in a few of my lymph nodes. So luckily they did an axillary dissection, took all my lymph nodes out right here and they were completely clear of cancer. So they got all the cancer cells that they could see under a microscope. They got out with surgery, but chemo and radiation is your insurance policy to make sure that you're good. and doesn't happen again. So I had to have, I definitely, and because of my age, um, yeah, they, you're so young. yeah, they said, you're we're so going to, we're going to go aggressive with it because yeah, we just want to rid your body of everything and your body and your heart can handle it. Yeah. So yeah. I did like intense chemo mm-hmm. and, um, and radiation, which, you know, I mean, it actually was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I mean, I really thought that I was going to feel awful for four months. It was, you know, a four month Mm. chemo process. I thought that for those four months, I was just going to feel terrible. But the worst 
part about chemo for me, what, and I don't know if you experienced this was the food and smell aversions. Oh, I had no, yes, that. Yep. And food didn't taste the same. So like I actually gained weight during chemo because I would eat like an entire meal. It didn't taste good. And I was like, well, that didn't taste good. I should eat something else. I just kept eating. Yeah. (laughs) Did you do that too? (laughs) So I didn't, I, I, I pretty much, I kept weight even throughout chemo. I didn't lose any. I didn't, I didn't really get much. I fluctuated like a couple pounds, but I think, okay. The stick, you know, the steroids that I did, I'm assuming yeah, they gave you steroids. I did yeah, steroids the, the day before. The ster- yep. Yep. The steroids yep. that they give you, you know, are pretty intense. And then I couldn't stand anything seasoned. Like I had to have, I ate like bland rice pasta. Like that's so interesting. Occasionally bland chicken, just so I would get some protein. Occasionally I'd I'd eat some eggs, sometimes some like plain oatmeal, but I wanted yeah. like plain bland carbs, like not even Isn't butter. That interesting. That's like so I, interesting. Yes. I couldn't. I crave rice pudding. I don't know why I ate so much rice pudding. That I mean, so gallons funny. of rice pudding. I have no idea. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't do that either with my, <laughs> with my oatmeal, but my favorite shampoo had to get rid of it. I can't use it anymore because of chemotherapy. Yep. Because of what wow. the chemicals, wow made made it smell terrible and even to when all the chemo was out of my system and it was all gone yeah I still like if I would go and I've tried to like I've gone to the store and like you're like the I'll just try a little it bit, yeah and I smell it. it and I smell chemo makes you sick yeah oh my god like I can't wow I can't do it so I think that was the worst part oh. because it oh. just kind of altered so much you know yeah so now many things long? that were normal for you, you yes. know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. How long did you have to have chemo? I had, um, four rounds every three weeks. So what's that? Okay. 12 weeks. Yes. I'm not good with that. Right. So a few <laughs> 12 weeks, a few yeah. months, three, yeah. three months. Yeah. 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 Long enough. It feels yeah. long enough. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It feels long like forever. Yeah. Now, did you, yeah. did they, I, I know that you had such early, onset, but did they tell you like what your markers were or, um, like anything like that probably told me. And I don't remember. (laughs) I literally like, it's like, it's, it's getting further in the rear view mirror. And I literally, I don't know if it's like a protection mechanism, but I'm kind of like, if I ever need to pull those files out again, (laughs) I'll do it. But for now, it wasn't in my lymph nodes. Like it wasn't, it was, it was stage one, I think still, um, from what they found. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause for, yeah. for like, I'm on hormone therapy. So mine was, Same. um, hormone. So, okay. So you probably had hormone. I receptor. take tamoxifen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you, then you probably had the same as me, uh, hormone receptor, positive breast cancer and HER2 negative, which is the most yes. common. And it's also yes. the easiest to treat. Yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm progesterone negative. I'm HER2 negative and I'm Estrogen, estrogen positive. positive. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Um, are, those the, are those the markers? Is that what you were asking? Those me? are the markers. Yep. Sorry. I thought you were like, no, you're good. like about the size of the tumor. <laughs> I'm like, I don't remember the markers of that, <laughs> but yes. Yes. No, I, I do think... know I'm estrogen positive. Yeah. I take okay. Yes. I, so right now I, I take that too. I'm, I might be getting off of that. Um, mm-hmm. to do something. I'm, I'm hoping we could do something else, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the first yeah. year on tamoxifen was very hard for me. It was very okay. hard on my joints. I was not, I did not feel like myself. 
I will say, I feel like it has settled in now. It doesn't oh, bother awesome. me to take it. Yeah. I just took my pill actually before I came to sit and, and visit with you. Oh, yeah. So it well, doesn't that, bother me at all anymore. That is so refreshing to know because you know, you I asked you for know, a asked year, for a year, I didn't feel good. I didn't feel oh. good. And I was like, it's the tamoxifen. It's the tamoxifen. I know it. And I think it was, but I think my body finally was just like, okay, this is what we're doing. Now we're used years. to it. Well, and I, yeah. I wonder, yeah, 10 years. That's what I will be doing mm-hmm. it too for. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I asked my oncologist, is this like menopause where for some women, it just, it's a, it's a period of time where you feel like this and then it levels off. And she said, for a lot of people, but there's no, you know, you know, doctors, they're like, they can't right. guarantee you anything, which I totally right. understand. And, sure. uh, but I'm like, please, please, please don't let me feel like please, this for 10 years. Please. You know? I can't feel like this for a decade. Yeah. No, no you exactly. want to feel, you want to feel good again. It's like, I've exactly. got little boys and yep. I've been yes. through so much. It's like, okay, I'm ready to live again. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. How do you think breast cancer has changed your life? the, the most impact it's had on your life? I mean, I, I, this is going to sound silly. I, this is going to sound, I hope this doesn't sound silly, but I think like, because my daughter had been so sick when she was seven years old, I mean, for real, I did not think I was bringing her home from the hospital at one point. She had 107 fever. She had, you know, double pneumonia. Like it was so bad. So now, and you see her now, she's beautiful. She's the picture of health. Her blood counts are normal. She is a walking miracle. So for whatever reason, I feel like I will never forget when I got diagnosed, I was just like, I was so thankful that it was not her being, having a recurrence. I mean, I just can't tell you how grateful I was that it was me and not her in that hospital, you know, in that bed or surgery or whatever. So sorry, what was your, I don't remember what your question was, Oh no! <laughs> but I just feel like, I, I feel like it's, there's been so many other really hard things in my life. My divorce was harder. My daughter being ill was the hardest. You know, my mom passed away three weeks after my double mastectomy. Ugh. My dad passed away 11 months later. Like, I just feel like there's been like all these like really hard things. So breast cancer was just kind of like, I made some friends at the oncology department. Oh my you know, gosh. I, like, I, I love the nurses. I mean, it was terrible. It was, it was horrible. And I was in bed, you know, the whole week after chemo or whatever, I felt terrible, but I just, I don't know. It wasn't definitely not the worst thing that's ever happened in my life. You know, isn't it, isn't pers- no, Deb, it's you perspective, and I, man, right? yeah. yeah, I can completely relate. As soon as you started talking about your daughter, I'm like, I think I know what she's going to say. And I thought the same things I've never had to deal with an illness with one of yeah, my children. Like, and I pray I never do. Right. Right. Um, but like you would lay your life down for them. Yes. Right. But I, I literally, I remember at one point I prayed and I said, thank mm. you. Thank you, Lord, that it's me and not my yeah. husband and not my yeah. kids. And I know, I like, know. Cause I can handle this. Like I, right. I can yeah. do this. I can't yep. handle you doing it no. to a, you know, no. like that, know. this happening no, to a family member. Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah. um, I was so yeah. grateful and at peace yeah. with the fact that I was the one that had to go through this diagnosis and this treatment. And I knew totally. that God would see me through. And if for some totally. reason it was my time to be called home, hallelujah, praise Jesus. Like I'm, I'm cool I with know. that. You I know? Am, yeah. I'm going to heaven. I know I can, yeah. I can walk this path with hope. Yes. No matter what happens. Oh my hope. goodness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll never forget actually when my daughter, um, she actually was treated at the national institutes of health at NIH in Bethesda, wow. Maryland. 
So back really? before anybody knew what yeah. the NIH was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So I'll never forget. She was really sick and she was on a gurney and we were like waiting to get like an MRI or a CAT scan or kind of like in a waiting area outside. And there was a lady there. She's probably in her forties, a mom. She was by herself. And um, she was very, very, you could tell she was very sick. I don't know what she had, probably very advanced cancer. She was very sick, very thin. And I will never forget this woman looking at me and just saying, like telling me, like she felt bad for me as the mom with my Mm. sick child. And I was like, it it struck me. I was like, how, okay, if she's feeling bad for me, like, you know, cause you're in the middle of it. You're just dealing with what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. It was the aftermath was like, it was like post-traumatic stress. Like what just happened? Like my perfect seven-year-old is now, you know, it's just so sick. Anyway, she is a walking miracle. It is, it is so many people were praying for her. I mean, I'm not kidding you. It is God's healing hand on her life and on mine. So that is anyway, beautiful. all that to say, yeah, no, I cancer felt like a blip <laughs> compared to the rest of, of really hard things. <laughs> Sorry, Lindsay. <laughs> no, but isn't, isn't that it? That's just such a testimony to the strength that you can have when you already go through super hard things. And then you're walking this, this difficult path, path. Yeah, this a difficult very path difficult that path. Yeah. nobody, you know, you're a part of a club that nobody wants to be a part right. of. And it's totally. kind of like, this is not the worst thing I've ever had to go through. Totally. I, I 100%. said the same thing. People are, I don't necessarily know. I think people are surprised by, maybe not shocked, but surprised when I say, you know, I, I had a miscarriage at 12 weeks. I think I talked about this on the yes. Um. So it was very, very hard on me because, yes. and I, if I'm repeating myself to you, I'm, I apologize. No, I want to, yeah, yeah. Uh-uh. But my, um, a, earlier in the year, we lost my mother-in-law suddenly, a brain aneurysm. Oh, I remember you saying that. Oh. And then my husband, <laughs> we made the decision. We already were kind of thinking we were done having kids, but we made the decision mm-hmm. to go ahead and have my husband get a vasectomy. And five months later, I was pregnant. Yeah. And I mean, we talk about surprise. Exactly. And there's only like a 1% chance of that happening. Well, we did, we got his sperm tested because I was like, what is going on? And (laughs) you're traveling. Yes. I promise nothing's going on. (laughs) Nothing's going on. (laughs) Exactly. Right. No, but his, his counts were very small, but he had positive sperm. So, um, so they were like, yeah, I guess you, yeah. Um, so anyway, um, I really just felt like this is our miracle. You know what I mean? This is God's. Yeah. There's, there's some reason there's some reason there is a, this, this miracle has come into our lives. We got a vasectomy and God said, ha ha, guess what? Yeah. Not yeah. I've got other plans for you. Yes. So when he mm-hmm. took that baby away, when I was mm-hmm. almost into my second trimester, like I was almost to yeah, that far. point where you, you know, you, right, tell you start telling everybody. You, yeah. You start telling yeah. everybody you post and it on Facebook. Exactly. Oh, we are. And yeah. what's funny is I almost with both of my boys, I waited until about 13 weeks is when mm-hmm. I, when we started telling people and I was just so confident that this baby was meant to do like great things that right, right. I, t- I told people the day before I found out that we lost oh. the baby. Oh, I'm so sorry, Lindsay. Oh. And it was makes it so much. It just awful. makes it, it yeah. just and compounds I, the, the difficulty. 
absolutely. I was so upset and so angry. I was like, God, why would you give me this child? Why would you give us this child and then take this child away? And, um, but Mm. if it weren't for being pregnant, I wouldn't, I don't think I would have found out when I had breast cancer because I thought I had a clogged milk duct. Oh my word. Because I technically oh, had I just to, got chills. Oh my gosh. Wow. I had to, I had to give birth to the baby. Right. Right. And right. I know that milk production starts at conception. Sure, so sure, I, I was like, sure. is my body trying to right, produce right. milk, but maybe slowly. So now there's right. a clog in there. And I was like, right, what do I right. do with that? You yeah, know, something's not right. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. I, I went to my OB, went to get, you know, a mammogram and ultrasound. Cause she was like, I don't know. Like, I, I want you to just get this checked out. Just, just to be on, on the safe, be safe side. Yeah. And sure enough, there were two tumors in there. And, um, and so it's Mm. that definitely, I mean, the, that part, I, it's still so hard for me because I'm Mm. like, we're supposed to save our children. They're not supposed to save us, but my baby saved my life. And it's, um, it's heartbreaking. I've, I've told people, I've said it is, losing that child <laughs> that I never got to hold that I never, right. you know, right. losing that child. It was so much worse than getting cancer. Yeah. So yeah. much worse. Yeah. So that's just a, a testament to anybody who has lost a child or, or, you know, as you like had gone through, a, a just sick gone child, through hard like, things, yeah, yes. just walked really hard things. It yeah. is, you know, but, but there is so much beauty on the other side in the healing. There's so much beauty And there is, I see the Lord so much clear, so much more clearly. I have a deeper relationship with him. He was able to be patient in my pain Yeah, and understand my anger, Absolutely, but led me to know, like, look, I'm, there's a purpose. So just walk with me. I have a plan. I have a plan. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The plans I have for you. Yeah. Amen, yeah. Deb. Good plans. Oh, he always yes. has good plans. Yeah. Doesn't <laughs> I don't understand them, but yes. I don't either, but it's they're not yeah, all for us to understand. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You're totally right. But Deb, I I I have appreciated this conversation so very much. I do want to talk a little bit about some of the things you have done since becoming sober, like this wonderful apparel line that you make oh. and sell on Yay. Etsy. I'm just, and I'm on Etsy right now. And then I'm, I literally, I need to get a website going, get it rolling because. Yes. And once you I, do, well, I'm going to share the Etsy shop, but once yeah, perfect. you have website, okay, perfect. share yes. that too. What is You're so your, sweet. Thank you. Is your Etsy shop authentic freedom? It's what not it? actually. It's Buzz Mama Boutique. So my nickname is Buzz. It has nothing to do with drinking. Um, <laughs> ironically, so I was a camp counselor and my camp name was Buzz because Deborah in Hebrew means honey bee. And so that was how Aww. we got to Buzz because I'm half, I'm half Jewish. So um, <laughs> I, mean, I love it. Go, I love it. So, I think it's just, I think my Etsy shop is just Buzz Mama Boutique, but I can send you the little link if you want, yes. you can, um, can add that on there. But yeah, I have some authentic freedom t-shirts on there. Like I have one t-shirt, it's real cute. It just says peace, love, sober, authentic freedom. That's one the of them shirt says, you like, gave happy- me. I love. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy camper, explore sober. It looks like a little camper shirt and it says authentic freedom on it. So basically the whole line is going to be about being about authentic freedom and authentic freedom lifestyle is, is where I'm going with it. So I love it so much, Deb. And I'm going to link all of that information in the show notes. Thank you. You're so sweet. Where to find you and everything. But you are such a blessing. You are salt and light, my friend. And I so appreciate you doing this with me. This was so much fun, Lindsay. You are a joy. And um, I really do feel like it was just God's. I know it's like, it's, it's right. It's silly. It's Instagram, right? Yes. it's like, God was like, no, no, you two need to be friends. Yep. You know, you two need to, and you're such an encouragement and just such a joy to know. And I just, mm-hmm. when we did our live together, I just so appreciate that we were talking about a friend who was about to have a double mastectomy the next day. And you just stopped and said, let's, can we pray for her right now? And, you know, so powerful to call on the name of Jesus at any time, any place, yes. anywhere oh we can call on him. Yep. We can call on him. Be in your car, be in the shower, be on an Instagram live. You can call on him him and praise Jesus. She is doing fantastic. Great. Her mom keeps me updated, which I'm I'm so uh, glad. Oh my gosh. So happy to hear all the good news that she got after her surgery, which is just phenomenal. She's going to be, she's going to be just like totally, us. <laughs> totally, totally. Thank you for inviting me on. Seriously, Lindsay, I so yes. appreciate it. It's so great to talk to you. Thank y'all so much for listening to this week's episode of Failing Awesomely. You can find links in the show notes to visit Deb's page, visit my Instagram, and any other information that we talked about tonight. All of that will be in the show notes you enjoyed the show it would mean so much to me if you would subscribe to the podcast and take a minute to leave me a five-star review and share the show with your friends and family a simple screenshot of the episode to your stories would help me so much make sure to tag me at Lindsay h garcia or at failing awesomely so i can reshare and thank you i hope you all have a beautiful rest of your week be well be awesome